The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit redfivenetwork.com. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Nerds, discover your geeky haven with Twink.com. We've been delivering you the best products and all things pop culture for more than 20 years. Enjoy a wide selection of officially licensed merch from your favorite fandoms. We carry top brands from Disney, Funko, Marvel, and DC, Star Wars, Harry Potter, and much, much more. We also offer an array of exclusives that you won't find anywhere else. With all these collectible goods, you're definitely going to need a bigger boat. Dive in with code WINGEEKS15 to save 15% off your first order at toink.com. Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention. Meanwhile, at the above-ground underwater suborbital volcano lair... This is urgent. We need a response team. We're already putting together the best move. With all due respect, sir, so am I. I have a plan. <laughs> it's a plan. It's real! Mighty Marvel Geeks. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Team? No, no, no. We're a chemical mixture that makes chaos. We're, we're a time bomb. Well then, son, you've got a condition. Your show about all things Marvel with Mike, Kylan, and Eric. What a bunch of losers. I am crew. That I did know. These people may be isolated and unbalanced even, but I believe with the right push... I have indeed been uploaded, gentlemen, online and ready. Welcome to another issue of Mighty Marvel Geeks. It is the Intrepid Trio, Eric, Kylan, and myself, Mike. This is not the way we recorded it the first time. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. No, there's a no, little bit more coherency and a and a and a just a smidgen of enthusiasm. <laughs> I'm using my radio voice. <laughs> Sorry, gas bubble. Oh boy. <laughs> Um, how are you guys doing? Good, good. <laughs> I, I'm doing fair to Midland, which is better than null and void. That's true. Yeah. At least, at least you didn't lose a uh, uh, a fencing match with uh, crab tongs in a Chinese restaurant. I know that story's a couple of years old, but I still love it. Okay. You know, I, I, I'm going to take that as a positive. I mean, I've eaten in that restaurant twice for that very reason. Not that I plan on getting in a fight with, over no crabs, but, you know, or you lobster. You own extra long crab tongs, don't you? I, You know, I don't even eat seafood, but I kind of mind owning a pair and walk up in there with them. I don't know. We can see what happens. You know, that way you get a reach advantage on your opponent. <laughs> True. You get the ones that are made for like the industrial strength grills, you know, the ones that are like three feet long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, see, see. You, you, you tweak that nose before they get yeah. even close to the elbow. Now, now, me personally, I've, I've had a week back. Oh my god, I've had it since a week back. <sighs> I think I have just gotten COVID from that joke. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, 
I thought I had it last week. Three swabs in a week. They oh. all came out negative. Oh. <clears throat> so, no, so no COVID, no super variant, none of that stuff. No, you no. just got. Oh, I hate brain probes. The. I started calling it wasabi on a stick because it clears out your sinuses about the same way. <laughs> oh, my word. And when when the lady from the doctor's office called and she basically said, you know, we, we tested for a lot of respiratory, a lot of, uh, you know, sinus related shenanigans and, and everything came back negative. So I said, so what you tell me is just I got a really bad echo. And she said, I, I kid you not. She said, whatever you got, we didn't test for it. <laughs> Fine. Whatever you got, we didn't test for it. So I, I that's scary. So yeah. you know, it, it doesn't rule out leprosy, but I'm gonna say I'm kinda in the clear for that. Okay. I can still count to ten. What about dementia. Who are you again? Exactly. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, uh, I, mm. Send all complaints to <laughs> what's our email address? Uh, <laughs> Mighty Marvel. Mighty Marvel Geeks, Geeks at, at gmail.com. Dot com. There you go. Just send them there. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> Oh, it's kind of running my family. I'll, I'll, I'll have it for real soon enough. <laughs> well, I hope everyone enjoyed our interview a couple weeks ago with, uh, with and Julie, Anjali. Sorry, Anjali. Anjali. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was a lot of fun. That it was, was a lot of fun. It, it was, and um, I, I think the the unexpected hit of the evening was it had to have been Zed being on the show with us. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, staying for the whole show. Staying for the whole for show. The whole show. She was happy for her summer vacation. <laughs> so. Um, so this week, uh, well, check out the homepage. Yes, I'm still in the process of trying to get caught up. So don't yell at me too much. I've had knee surgery. Shall we just whisper harshly then? Sure. Okay. I'll wait till we're done. Because <laughs> he has the power to mute me. Uh, um, You're a wonderful human being, Mike. Okay. Don't let yes. anybody tell you anything different, especially if it's me. So, um, so because of that, uh, we kind of use the interview to talk about and give our recaps of episode three. Because why not talk about episode three with someone who was there and it was awesome. Mm-hmm. And now Eric doesn't feel as guilty killing her in uh, for, in uh, Fallout. She gave me permission. She says she'll yeah. do it too. So I I have Anjali's blessing to rub her out. I mean, and when she said, while I'm doing it. I mean, when she up and said, "Oh, she's a terrible person." Yeah, I was like, "Oh, well, okay." Well, I'm glad she admits it. <laughs> well, because, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, the character is straight up psychotic, evil, and in all ways unredeemable. And you know what? She gets along with all that. The fact that she made a Team America reference. I I was like, you know, because I'm 12. So, you know, yeah. we're going to need a montage. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. And then last week, we didn't record because, you know, as you heard. I uh, was sick. Eric has something that they didn't test for. So that would have presented us episode five because mm-hmm. we recorded with Anjali the day before. Actually, the day after four came out, but uh, we really didn't touch on four. Right. So we're three episodes behind. We are. So we're, we're going we're gonna to do the end of the evening. We're going to try our best to get caught up with the Kamala Chronicles this issue. If you like our Fantastic Four takeaways, folks, you're in for a treat. Gentlemen, it's time for the Fantastic Four takeaways. If you don't, if you don't you like got- our Fantastic Four takeaways, tune in next week.
Sending to your screens now. I mean, technically, we got 36 of these that we got to go through. Is that common core? No, no, okay. that's just straight up well, math. Three times okay. four times three, yeah. Carry, carry the two, carry over. Um, so we're going to start episode four. Number episode. four. Eric, why don't you kick us off? Okay, I'm going to just go ahead and, and call this. This is the episode that the series finally remembered it was part of the MCU and not Nickelodeon mm-hmm. because it it went from being a cringy teen show to oh my goodness it's almost like a Bond movie yeah. yes and the Red Daggers HQ I'm just gonna call it has a groovy Bond villain feel to it yeah I thought it was or, it or almost... not necessarily a Bond villain but at least you know where where James Bond walks into this building and it's not really a building it's like one of the uh, MI6's secret layers where yes where Q is always testing some kind of wackadoo gadgets to me it mm-hmm. was a, a mix of shield meets uh sanctorum mm-hmm. yeah i can see that so so yeah um i i i absolutely see what you you get at too um so the the red dagger lair was, was pretty cool and i love the map mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. uh kylan you're number four uh, well, this goes without saying, but uh, Kamala is a trouble magnet. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's, you know, you, you have some heroes who like, you know, they, they literally, they go looking for trouble and it's not hard for them to find it. Uh, for Kamala to be 16 years old, um, she really just seems to end up, I don't know, like Dr. On, like Dr. John said, right place, wrong time, or maybe it's the wrong place but at the right moment I don't know but Kamala is a trouble magnet and we definitely see it in this in this episode I can see that uh for me I love how in the very beginning Kamala stands out like a sore thumb jeans and an AvengerCon t-shirt and that's not really suitable for Karachi no so um so yeah that was that was good Skelly how do you know I'm not Canadian yes your shirt says New Jersey yeah your shirt says New Jersey. <laughs> that's funny because I believe the actress is Canadian. So that's yes, even funnier. Yeah. So, and I believe shortly after the show started, threw out a first, well, had thrown out the first pitch at a Toronto Blue Jays game. Right. So, um, so I guess we move on to number three. Eric. Okay. I hate that these, that the bangle is not a quantum band. Mm-hmm. I really do, but I'm still going to ask it again. Where's the other one? Don't they mention that the other one was destroyed? I don't recall here seeing that. Okay. Maybe it's just my imagination. Or maybe I just missed it. Still hate it's not a quantum band, though. Mm-hmm. That's put a crimp on otherwise darn fine fan theory. Yeah. Kylan, you're number three. I believe uh, that Kamala's grandmother knows more than she's letting on. I really do. Yeah. I, I, I just, I, I think that she she shares just enough for what you know Kamala needs to know and maybe enough for what she thinks uh her daughter can handle but i think that she knows more about that band than she's letting on yeah 
Oh, absolutely. Uh, my number three, the clandestines. When they try and go back to their realm and they're mm-hmm. getting killed off. Or is it Blue Mist? Is that Terrigen? Could, could, the, clan, could the clandestines been the ones who brought the Terrigen into our realm? You know, the way that Phase 4 has been kind of floundering around without a rudder, I, I would welcome that because that would be a, it would be a throwback to it's all connected. Yep. Actually, based on something, based on what I saw in Thor, Love and Thunder, I have a theory about that. What, about the Terrigen? Uh, about what the over what the ultimate overarching story is and really if you think about it to a certain degree most of the at least the movies and a couple of the shows touch on it so do you want me to throw that theory out now or you want to hold on to it till we get to the end because uh, if I throw it out now, it's not really gonna necessarily make a whole lot of sense. Because we got we got two other issues, uh, two other episodes to get through. Then let's hope. Then then put a pin in that for later. Okay, I'm all for things making sense. Number two. Back to you. Okay. Um, I like how we're seeing at this point her costume, her her ultimate costume, starting to come together a little bit. Because she's, you know, she's got, she's got the mask from Bruno. She's got, uh, she got that little, I don't know what you call it. I don't want to call it a sweater. It's almost like a hoodie. It's almost like a hoodie without a hood that she got from the Red Daggers. Yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. And so you're, you're starting to see the color combination come through. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I, I like that it makes her costume feel a little more organic. Yes. Yes. I mean, because it, because sometimes you just see somebody show up and all of a sudden they're in a superhero outfit. Mm-hmm. Right. So you got back in, you know, the first Iron Man movie, he's building it and he keeps right. refining it with every iteration. Mm-hmm. So when he finally shows up in the red and gold, there's, it, it doesn't feel forced. It doesn't feel cheap. Right. Right. I agree with that. So, Kylan, you're number two. So, my number two actually ties to what your number four is, uh, Mike. Uh, I was talking about how Kamala is a bit of a fish out of water. Uh, you know, her attitude, her clothing. Um, and it's interesting because she she's unapologetically Kamala. But at the same time, you could tell that she kind of wants to fit in in some way. Right. Yeah. You know, but yeah, the, especially in episode four, I feel like you really see the fish out of water uh, when it comes to her. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for me, my number two was the whole training sequence with the Red Daggers. Training montage. Yeah. Yes. And how she's gaining more and more control of her powers. And not just that she's gaining more control, she's getting more comfortable with it. Yes. Right. It's one thing to train to be proficient. It's another thing to be comfortable. Right. Yeah. Of course, I guess that's the whole point of training. Yep. Right. It, it, it was just very um, unique. And then how the, you know, of course, you know, that's when uh, Najla or the clandestines the clandestines break in yeah mm-hmm. uh and, and try and get um get the, the bangle from from kamala mm-hmm. but could they get could they get the bangle from kamala no because she walked like an egyptian oh my gosh that that, that, that that's like a whole other continent but okay <laughs> 
You have been saving that all this time. He's been waiting. He's been waiting. What? Would you have wanted me to say they had the wrong person because Venus was her name, not Kamala? Uh, That was Bananarama, dude. Mm, mm, mm. (laughs) I am losing it. Mm. Talk about uh, that. Sorry, I just didn't find any appeal in the Bananarama joke. I'm sorry. You know, it's a cruel summer. I tell you that right now, dude. You ain't lying. <laughs> no, how about let's split and move on to number one. Number one. Okay, the number one takeaway for me from episode four was the shots fired when uh, when Red Dagger Kid says he makes the comment about whitewashing Chinese food. <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that yeah. was pretty cool. I just it, it's it was such a throwaway line, but I just I heard the shots fired at that point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I I could almost I could I, I get the feeling that Eric was like when he said when you heard that line, you actually said shots fired. I, I may have. It's been a while. <laughs> I, I I could see him saying it. So, Kylan, you're number one for episode four. My number uh, so my number one for episode four among all. All the all the stuff that that was thrown at us. The thing that kind of stuck with me the most and is something that has not really been mentioned is that Kamala's family is pretty wealthy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, it, it's, you know, understanding the the struggle and the focus on the, the historical context of how they got where they are, uh, the the significance of the bangle and all that stuff. I'm not discounting any of that, but I just find it interesting that we that Kamala's family is noticeably wealthy, um, but it just kind of just kind of goes without even being mentioned, you know. And I think, that, especially if you're a young superhero, um, to a certain degree, you know, there are certain things that you don't really need to. If you don't need to worry about where your costumes are coming from, uh, or having to spend a lot of time maintaining them and that sort of thing, that's sort of part of the hero struggle, I think. And uh, Kamala looks like that she doesn't really have that to worry about. Yeah. Well, keep in mind, Kamala's immediate family does not appear to be quite as wealthy. That is true. It's the extended family over in Pakistan. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, granted, one can assume you you need a lot of money to buy a, what, two, three bedroom, two story house in Jersey City. Right. Right. But the whole thing is, I mean, their their house does not seem to be the house that someone of above average means would would buy. Right. And, And you're right about that. I mean, they're not living in the suburbs. No, no, no. Well, I think it's funny, too. Um, you get that sense of even though there's communication between grandma and mom, there was something there that caused her when she left for the, for the States to not get to carry over some of the wealth that the family has. Mm hmm. Yeah, you get the feeling that she has that that she kind of walked away from the family wealth to some degree. Yes. Yeah. Now, at the same time, this it could just be they're very thrifty. They could be too. They don't advertise their wealth. They could be like rolling in dough. And just not and just not flaunt it. Right. Could be. Although there was a there was a moment, let's see, where I think it was in episode yeah, it was in episode three. 
where the brother is talking about how he doesn't have a whole lot in his checking account. Yeah, that's right. Though he had like, he said he had like 700 bucks. And I'm just thinking, dude, <laughs> that's not that bad, dude. Oh, no, it's not. For me, that's 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 about payday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And not have to and and that's after paying bills. Right. I would love to have seven hundred bucks in the bank. <laughs> Shoot, she ain't lying. So uh Kylan, you did your number one, right? Yes. Yes. For me, my number one was when Najma slams her weapon into the bangle and Kamala goes back in time. Without a DeLorean. Without a DeLorean. Yes. Yeah. And all of a sudden she's right there waiting on the next train to Kamachi. So yeah, she, she is yeah. right here. She's right there on the night that Aisha disappeared. Yeah, I mean, and it's it, it was you know exactly just like the the vision that she had um, when she passed out in episode two. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, where where uh, not where the lady like grabs her bangle mm-hmm. and yeah. she sees the train coming, mm-hmm. and the grandma saw it too. Yes. Yep. So um, let's move right along. Episode five. Number four. Let you pick back up here, uh, Eric. Okay. Um, and I'm going to start, since we're starting this uh, this Fantastic Four, I'm going to start with the intro. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the opening, the op- where you see like the Marvel Studios thing, it's not, it, it looks like it would be on a, a film projector. Was that mm-hmm. not awesome a perception to do that? It was very cool. It was very that was. I was just saying, like, what what are they doing here? And then they pull back, and it's kind of like, oh, that makes perfect sense now. Yep. And then the and the music on top of it. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yep. It's almost like we're watching a Fallout sequence. Yes. <laughs> exactly. I'm, I almost heard the I almost heard the ink spots there for a moment. <laughs> to, for me, I kind of had that uh, adventurer's vibe. I was waiting to hear a whip crack. There you go. Yep. Yep. So, Highland, you're number four. Or episode you know five. what? It's right there with my. It's right there with Eric. Same thing. Uh, that's why I started laughing because I was like, I am so man, sorry, man. No, no. I mean, that was my number four too because. I I legit my jaw dropped when I when I saw what they were doing. I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is awesome. Uh, that that intro was it, it, it set the mood, you know, like just 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 like every Marvel show and movie, you see that intro, you hear the music, it sets the mood, it it, it puts your head in the right space, you know. But they took that and flipped it, and it still got you in the right space for where you were going and where you need to be. So, yeah, so I, I'm right there with I'm right there with Derek intro. Uh, for me, I'm going to go shortly after that intro. Aunt Ruby was kind of right. Aisha did kill a man. She threw that dagger into the British soldier's chest. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, of course, uh, she or she so she got shot as well. Mm-hmm. And notice there was a uh, so yeah I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave it there. I'm gonna head into my number three. But she um, you know she kills the man trying to save uh, Nana. Mm-hmm. Actually, no, we're way way before that. Yeah, yeah, way before way that. Before, yeah. The fact that it, she's it, running from a soldier. Right. Right. And this is when she kills the guy. Yeah. Um, she's not pregnant at this point. No. But she arrives at a village when she finds a um, man who explains that this is their home and they'll have to fight for it. So she kind of 
sees the rebellion happening in India, makes herself part of it. Mm-hmm. But when she goes to nap in that field of roses, is that not a kind of a little bit of a nod to Moon Knight as well? This doesn't when uh, Tomet takes him, doesn't she take the dead to a field of roses? I thought it was lilies. Was I, it thought lilies? It was, I thought it was uh, the field of reeds. Yeah, field of reeds. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Still going to a field of something. Mm-hmm. Almost a, a foreshadowing of, of her future death. Mm-hmm. A little bit. Well, right. I, I, can, I can see the pathologic there. So. But I do have to beg your pardon because I never promised you a rose garden. <laughs> you, you don't bring me roses anymore. That's because every rose has its thorn. Oh my gosh. Yeah, but a kiss, a kiss from a rose. I I, I can't. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm done. I, I'm done. I'm the, yeah, I can't. I, I I'm not. No, I I can't. Y'all are just a bunch of yellow roses from Texas. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I, mm. I mean, I, I, honestly, like every. <laughs> Let's move on, Bet Midler. Thursday number three. Okay, you kind of did your number three already. Um, bite. Let's yeah. see. I'm going to jump towards the end. Mm-hmm. The scene with Cameron and Bruno, hey. a.k.a. Brian. Hey, we don't talk about Bruno. Yeah, so, okay, fine. I'll talk about Brian. <laughs> that was some of the most awkward guy bonding moments mm-hmm. since when I was reading the Tick, the, the original run, where where Arthur invites Tick back to, to his place. And right. they're, just, they're just looking around kind of awkwardly and, and all of a sudden they just go, we should go drink some beers. So, yeah, that's that's kind of the, the awkwardly. And just, just for the record, I have a t-shirt with the Argon joke on it. <laughs> Why am I? It says, I tell bad chemistry jokes because all the good ones are gone. Sorry, Iron didn't see that coming. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I, I no. I'm saying I'm no, trying to think of all the chemistry. Late. It, yeah. It's late. I'm just, yeah. So, Kyle, and you're number three. Uh, so... Because I, I, I'm a huge history buff, and so I, I felt like that this scene for people who normally w- who wouldn't have would would think to look this up, but um, I felt like that this episode was a great look into the partition. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that, and that that's something. That's one of those parts of history that we really don't discuss a lot of. I would love uh, to discuss it much. We just don't. Um, I mean, there there was a really awesome episode of Doctor Who that takes place right during the partition. And I, that was a couple of years ago. And that was the first time that I had ever heard of it. And I kicked myself for it because I, I felt like that was something I really should have known more about. And I just think it's awesome that, no, we we're getting these stories being told from different voices. And, you know, to and like they said, know was that that was something else that was in episode two that every uh, Pakistani family has a partition story mm-hmm. and so we knew that there was one here uh, and I just think it's awesome that we're actually getting to see it yeah yeah, I mean, the family was, you know, Kamala's family was not very eager to discuss it, Mm-mm. but it wound up being, you know, we got to see it. Right. Uh, That's mine. For me, my number three previous four episodes, long laundry laundry list of songs for the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Not so much for this one. I did pay attention. Not really a lot. There's only a few. So um, I, I thought that was a, an interesting bit. 
Well, it's different mood. Yeah. Right. Right. So number two. Okay. If you are not at least tempted to cry when Kamala gave her grandmother the picture, you have no soul. Mm-hmm. There, I said what I said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was par- That was a powerful scene. That was. I I, ex- I expected more tears out of the grandmother. I- I'm mm-hmm. just gonna call it. I think the grandmother is one of those grandmothers that has seen stuff and dealt with stuff, and I think she. And maybe grandmother knew that Kamala was the one that helped. I, I okay. I, I'm a, I'm gonna shut up on that. No, one. no, gonna, no, no, no. Keep going, no. going, keep going. Okay. I, I think that maybe. And you know what? This goes back to when I said grandma has been knows more, and she's been letting on. And I think she knew that Kamala was the one that was responsible for her finding her dad. I mean, you know, kids, kids remember the crazy things from their childhood and that was a traumatic experience and maybe the grandmother remembered that yeah i mean she obviously did because i mean that's a family story now that was go ahead no 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 i'm good no my my thought was how can the grandmother not remember kamala was there that basically created the the stars Mm -hmm. but you nailed it you nailed it just now she did because she and like we've all said she knows more than she's letting on. Mm-hmm. Well, there it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She remembered that Kamala was there. She said she's the one that set the Karachi trip in motion. Mm-hmm. She, she sent the one, bangle. She sent the bangle. She has she has been the puppet master. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can't see that now. Th- that that ties into my number two, and that is uh, the realization from Kamala that it wasn't Aisha; it was her that put Nana on the train. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it was her that saved the family legacy. Mm-hmm. Even if it is in a, uh, even though it was reality, the Kamala, she, I think she's understanding. Yes, it was a reality, but she still kind of thinks it's in a dream world. So she takes a vision, probably. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I actually, and it. So with my number two, slightly ties into all that slightly, but it was something that was brought up uh, also in um, episode four is we see Kamala's skill set growing. You know, and I think you see it in every every episode. She's either building on what she knows or she's learning a new skill uh, with with these powers. And, you know, this was sort of like what we got to at this this point was sort of like the the pretest that you get before the big exam and i mean she passed with flying colors yeah, yeah. so i guess moving right along number 1 Okay, this is my this is one of my major beefs with this series as a whole. Mm-hmm. For the Gin Squad, that's what the clandestines to have been such a threat. The way that got resolved was just kind of lame. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, there, you were expecting this climactic battle to to close the veil, to to seal the rift, and and you know save the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was kind of a letdown to me. I mean, it just. It just was. I mean, I agree with you. You know, it's sort of like it's it's like those times where you're you're prepped and you're ready for the boss battle. You you you've got all your spells saved up. You got every weapon possible. So you got options to switch if need be. You got everything and you're ready to go. 
And it's done in like five minutes. The bad guy rolls a natural one. You roll a nat 20. Yeah. And you know what? Sometimes, y'all, it happens in life. Sometimes, like Eric said, you roll a 20, the bad guy rolls a one. And, you know, boom, done. And, you know, you end up with a good bit of treasure that they dropped. That happens sometimes. Uh, Does it make for great storytelling? Not necessarily, but... You know, maybe the writer decided that uh, Kamala needed a gimme at some point, you know? Yeah, I. it just it just seemed like a, a really lame sacrifice to me. Yeah, yeah. I I wasn't I kept thinking, oh, there's got to be more. But no, no. And, and that's where I screwed up from episode four. For this episode, when they pass away, with yeah, that we see what could be the terror mist, <laughs> right? Oh, okay, it's yeah, yeah. it's yeah, it, that's <laughs> it's entirely possible. So I stand by what I said in response. So, so Kylan, you're number one. I okay, I love how Marvel does time travel. Okay, okay, and they don't do it the same way every time. It depends on the situation, but you know the fact that I, I kind of like the fact that they're a little fast and loose with their rules. Um, the fact that Kamala is responsible for the survival of her family. I mean, some people would say that that was a time paradox, but you know what? I, I it is what it is. Uh, and you, you, you had a grandmother that I think I, okay. She, I, if anything, this proves that she knows more than she's letting on. The fact that she sent the bangle at just the right time and all this stuff happens just at the right time and it all lines up uh, with Kamala traveling back in time, saving her grandmother, and at the same time facing off against the clandestine. I, I think the grandmother has some. There are some other abilities going on there. Yeah. She's enhanced in some way. She she has to be. I'm just saying. Well, wait, hold on. Whoa, whoa, wait, wait. Didn't didn't Aisha have the bangle the whole time? No, no. She gave the Aisha gave the bangle to her daughter that night on the train or going to the train. But when she was pregnant, did she have the bangle? Yes. Uh-huh. Huh? Yes, because because we saw baby grandma playing with it. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm just saying, dude. Well, she's 50-50 gin and human. Yeah. I, you know, it, it would not be far-fetched to say that she's got a little bit of that magic in her. Yes. I mean, she said she said that she saw the train vision, too. Yeah. yeah. And so, she didn't even have the bangle with her. So that tells me that she's got she's got powers. Yeah. And you remember what Bruno said when he, he noticed uh, that there was something inside of Kamala. It wasn't that, wherever that, she's doing that wasn't didn't the angle. It didn't come till episode hang on, six. Oh, hang on, hang on. Actually, yeah, it did. Yeah, because he was running scans <laughs> on her. Yeah, that's he right, said, that's right. yeah, the the energy was coming out of her. Yeah, yeah, uh, that was in like the first. No, either the first or second episode. I was and sure. it, that's what he said. He that's said, right, right. so I think." And, you know, well, no, no, I, I, I got another thing I need to hold on to until we move to move to the next episode. But I got something else I'm putting a, another pin in also. So there. Yeah. OK. 
my number one uh, when Bruno and Kareem are up in Bruno's apartment mm-hmm. and damage control, that damage control drone comes and mm-hmm. Kareem takes action and then blows up a circle Q. Mm-hmm. Strange things are afoot at the circle Q. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually, he didn't blow it up. That drone shot a missile into it. Right. Uh, oh, it's because yeah. of them up there. Yeah. Right. So, alrighty. On to the finale. Number four. Okay. I'm just going to open up with this. The montage at the end. The great TikTok montage. <laughs> oh. <laughs> we where we see Auntie Ruby a few times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you see the Sheik yes. showing up and he has hit, and he has got an, a filter on him and he goes, so apparently now I'm a hot dog. I hope this hot dog is halal. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all don't understand. That just caught me so off guard. And I don't know why I found it so hilarious, but I was I was screaming laughing. That was great. I am so glad I live alone. <laughs> and because my, my grandmother, bless her heart, may her soul rest in peace. She would have been in the other end of the house as hard of hearing as she is. She'd have come back here with her walker going mm-hmm. like, what is so funny? I was I was screaming and laughing that loud. There were tears, literal tears running well, down I mean, the cheeks. It's just the look in his face. It looked like the old annoying orange cartoon. Mm-hmm. Yes. I and it's a law. <laughs> and of course, right after that, the kid that, that fell out of the window says, like, you know, where were these powers when 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 uh, when she was catching me? Was I like the beta test? Yeah. That was so awesome. I mean, it's like as much as I have absolutely zero use for TikTok, that that montage just pretty much owned. Yeah, I think so. Highland, you're number four for. Uh, all right. So one of the things there was something that we had discussed uh, just talking about overall Marvel shows and uh, anything that involves teenagers and. We kind of talked about how the parents or how family is portrayed, right? Uh-huh. And I just want to say that I, I, I was, lo- I love her family's support for Kamala and understand her need to be a hero. Like that was something that was refreshing because how often is it that uh, a teenager or young adult has superpowers and the family is like, don't do it. We don't want you to get hurt. But, you know, in this particular case, as much as they you know that that's where they want to go, they also know that. Kamala has a higher calling, so to speak. And I loved that the family just circles around her and supports her in that. So, yeah, that that was something that was refreshing to see for me. Yes, that is one of my Fantastic Fours as well, because I absolutely loved that. Mm -hmm. Uh, My number four was how... Kamala steps up from the family, goes to reveal, and mom, or the, the brother, and then the dad all jump in. Yeah. And Kamala's like, how'd you find out? And then they make fun <laughs> of the mom of, want to get something started? Put it on the mom train. Yeah. It'll go everywhere. It, but no, you I, know what? My my sister, my sister and my mom are both like that. Like, I can't, if I, if I tell one, it's just like telling the other. I, if there's anything I want to surprise the family with, I have to keep it myself. Now, I completely understand. And and who does not have a family that that has a family member that uses speakerphone for everything? Oh, my gosh. If my mom 
to not have her phone tied to Bluetooth to her hearing aids, that would be my mother. Mm-mm-mm. It's hard to keep a secret when you're always on speakerphone. Yeah, yeah. no, no, no. Uh, I'm just Let's saying. Just, it, it Maybe at least they understand the concept of a secret identity. Although right now, quite a few people know that know her secret identity, but whatever. Yeah, well, yeah. So uh, I guess moving right along. Number three. Okay, I was going to mention the parents, but Kylan, I mean, I'm, I'm right there with you. Uh, I am going to say this. My number three, the MCU now has its own version of Home Alone. Yes! Yes. <laughs> yes. I mean... Oh. <laughs> I I almost expected to see Daniel Stern and Joe Pesci among the the damage control agents. You know that 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 whole thing with the 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 baseball machines. Oh my god, I was hurting. Yeah, I was hurting. I, I was kind of hoping that Agent Deezer was uh, was was first in line there because God, I wanted that woman to. Oh goodness. Oh man. Deaver needed I, oh, it. Yeah. Or at least catch a catch a, a cast and skillet in the face but it's a school so where would you get well the high the, the kitchen would have a cast cast iron skillet wouldn't it so possibly yeah oh, there you go they don't, they don't teach home ec anymore unfortunately no 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 so the calf mm-hmm. so uh kylan you're number three uh the the department of damage control is on the way out i think i i think that uh there is no way that you can come back from a federal agency attacking a school, attacking minors, uh, ultimately facing off against the police department and the community. Yeah, yeah I'm telling you right now, um, wherever the fallout is going to be, I don't know if it's, if you're going to hear about it in the next show or the next movie or what, but the Department of Damage Control is donezo. Could that possibly so? A slight premise for uh, She-Hulk. It's possible. Oh crap! Isn't that the next show? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It could. Could be. I mean, she. she Yeah. It could be. I almost made a damage control comment for the last episode, just saying that Shield is or was was always will be ten times better than damage control will ever get. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, at least Cap and Nick Fury, like when they saw even an inkling of what damage control full on went into they tried to fight the whole organization mm-hmm. you know you know I'm, I'm saying you know uh computer controlled helicarriers targeting quote unquote mm-hmm. enhanced humans apparently that mentality has or and that sentiment has not left the government so right. hail hydra hail hydra hail hydra uh, for me, I, th- I think and this is kind of almost my number three as well. Uh, damage control isn't what I was, what we have known damage control to be in the comics. No. I mean, they were a no. group to clean up after a disaster. Sort of right. what we see at the end of or during um, Spider-Man Homecoming. Right. Now it's they're almost like their own agency that I mean why are they cleaning up quote unquote empowered humans or enhanced humans that's not their job that's a shield job that's a sword job why are they doing it with shield being 
pretty much no more. Right. They could have had their scope expanded or again, this rogue agent. Yeah, but they're kind of doing this the whole series. Uh, there's an enhanced. We need to go get her. Well, why? Mind you, I still think it's I don't think it's the organization as a whole, but you have that one office and that one office can be indicative of all of damage control. But I will say that uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. embraced working with heroes um, until, you know, it did. S.W.O.R.D. embraces working with heroes. Um, Damage control, on the other hand, um, okay, like at least in, was it No Way Home? Mm Mm-hmm. No, homecoming. And homecoming, yeah, damage control is there and they're there to almost in a role similar to what you see in the comics, clean up. But at the same time, uh, you get the sense that they that they, that they're gunning for something bigger, and I do believe I I think that those drones that they have may have been similar to the drones that they that um um from far from home Mysterio used you know and so or or the Star Trek uh Stark Industries drone yeah that Peter calls in as well oh yeah yeah actually I have more of that vibe than it did Mysterio's true that's true so. So I just think I just think that, you know, because she, right now, as far as I know, S.H.I.E.L.D. is no more. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that uh, damage control was probably jockeying to take S.H.I.E.L.D.'s position or try to uh, nudge uh, so that sword stays in space and uh, somebody got a little power hungry. Yeah, I think there's definitely some power hungry overreach yep. there. Now, whether it's mm-hmm. because of the agent, the office, or the whole organization. Well, I mean, we've seen all three happen in real life, haven't we? Uh, My number three is when we see Kamala full glow, so to speak, going to Carmen to try and protect him and give him a chance to get to the harbor. Mm -hmm. This is when we get to see the look closest to the comics, but from the the magic of the, the bangle, if we want to call it magic. The the embiggen scene. Yes. Yeah. It, it yes, it did have the the comics look where she embiggens. It was great. It, it was. It almost felt to me it, it had a whole mech suit yeah. vibe. Yeah. Because you could see that she was in it. You could see like her arms within the 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 power suit arms as she was not standing on the ground. Right. So yeah, I mean it just it it almost felt to me kind of like that scene in Aliens where Ripley's showing up yeah. in the loader. Yeah. Game over, man. Game over. Get away from her, you blank. All right. Number two. Be Eric. Okay. Uh, number two, um, one word, and that word is mutation. Yeah. If this is what leads, what brings mutants into the MCU, I want to find out who greenlit this and go up to them and smack them upside the head. This is not how we are supposed to get mutants. Uh, I, I'm sorry. But, but notice how quickly they brush it off, too. All they did was introduce the word. I know. I know. But how did we get inhumans into the MCU? Use the Terrigen and then introduce the word. You introduced the word inhuman. I just... I, 
I don't want this to be the the first instance of a mutant in the MCU. Right. I think she's more inhuman than she is mutant. Though. Yes. 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 So, so Kylan, you're number two. My number two is... Okay, so a little bit of a two-parter. The costume is awesome, and bonus uh, for mom for making it, and dad's role in her name. Yes. See, that was going to be my number two. That that kind of ties into your to your earlier comment about loving how the parents are are being treated. Yeah. Yes, you know, yeah. this part of the series. See, my number. You know, I, I was going to say my number two ties in with this, and that's how uh, the dad talks about what Kamala means, and then trying to find um, a little bit more modern variant the word and that it, it means marvel or other synonyms for it marvel and well you've always been our little miss marvel mm-hmm. and just kamala kamala's phrase i share the same name as carol freaking danvers <laughs> yeah i i have to admit man i um I, okay i'm 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 gonna get on a soapbox here for for the last several years the parents and I, I I have no kids, okay, so I don't necessarily have a dog in the fight. But so often parents are treated as the enemy or being clueless or, you know, um, being you know the 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 block in the way of a good time. Um, well, and, we are. You know, <laughs> Maybe. Sorry. I mean, we grew up in the 80s. OK, so yeah, to a certain degree, 80s movies maybe were kind of based on that. But then eventually there's like at least one cool adult in there somewhere. Like at least between the, the mom and the dad, one of the parents was cool, you know, but somewhere in there, both parents were like, you know, the, they don't understand and blah, 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 whatever. But it was so refreshing to see that. And, you know, like the whole thing where, you know, no crap goes down. And, well, you know, the Kamala gets the call and uh, she's, you know, she's getting ready to go. And her mom's like, no, 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 you're not leaving the house like that. And you're like, I mean, I knew what was coming, but that was like, that was the mom phrase to say. Mm-hmm. And then box. And that there, there may have been a knot. In somebody's throat, maybe if you felt that way about that sort of thing, maybe I don't know. But and it wasn't um, just any box. It wasn't just any box. No, it was the toffee box. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That they made a, that they made mention of in four. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. And boom, there it is. Like she opens it, and you know, even her mom. Like, uh, was that an episode? Yeah, in episode five. You know, she mentioned Kamala losing the necklace, necklace. And, and that's where the symbol came from. And I'm just like, because you kept wondering, like, how? Because in the MCU, Carol Danvers has always been Captain Marvel. She never had the whole Ms. Marvel thing and that sort of thing. So it was sort of like I was, I was curious how were they going to work that out and they made it so organic all of it and i loved it that was this is probably one of the best introduced the costume arcs yeah mm-hmm. yes to you i think i don't know that this is it quite as good as as iron man's or maybe even steve rogers's mm-hmm. but it's up there mm-hmm. it is it is the this was all number twos right right okay. mm-hmm. number one there. Get in, losers. We're getting shawarma. Yes. 
Nice nod to the end of Avengers. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. I I love that line. I still feel sorry for Bruno because he is still super friend zoned. Yes. But that was that was such a great line. Yeah. (laughs) Island, you're number two. Number one. I'm number one. Sorry. My number one, Carol freaking Danvers. All right. I'm sorry, Mike. That's that's what mine was going to be. All of a sudden, stayed away from that because I knew one of you guys were going to have it. (laughs) The look on Mike's face, I'm like, you know, here's the thing. Well, you know what? No, better yet. I'm going to step away. Mike can talk about it. A bangle goes nuts. Kamala has towards the closet. It zapped through the closet. Then next thing we know, Carol freaking Danvers. Best kept cameo secret in a long time. I put it, and it is the MCU's version of Liam Neeson showing up at the end of Kenobi. Oh, yeah, that was good. That was good. Now, I will say that we, I think, I want to, I want to say that we called this early on. I think maybe we did that she would show up at some point. Uh-huh. Yeah, we. I, I want to say we called this early on. Now, here's the thing: of all the the the, the theories that were out there about who was going to show up in the last episode of blah blah blah, whatever. Okay, so here's the thing: Carol Danvers showing up in Ms. Marvel is the one most logical moment, uh, but most logical um, uh, cameo. Uh-huh. Uh, all the other ones that we talked about the ones who got tied to Loki, the one tied to uh, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Uh, well, WandaVision, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. All those that we talked about, like, those would have been what you would almost consider fan service. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't have been necessarily a logical ending. Yeah, right. It, well, it, it, wouldn't it, have been. it was kind of fan service. But the, it was, but this sets up the Marvel's movie, which that's the thing. We know that Kamala's we, we know that all that that uh, that you got Carol and then you got um, Rambo Rambo and then you, you're going to have Kamala. We got all three of them in the movie. That's I felt like it was going to either be Kamala. It was going to either be uh, Monica or it's going to be Carol. One of those two was going to show up. Honestly, I thought it was probably going to be it was probably going to be Monica because yeah, you know, we had you know we had dealings with damage control. You know, why not bring sword into this? Right. Well, because right. because the the damage control guy said another unit is going to come in and clean up your mess. Oh, let, let me mm-hmm. let me throw this at you. Is that the um, Captain Marvel of, of that realm, or is that a multiverse Captain Marvel? So you know that. So in WandaVision, that's this world or the six one six. Right. So let, let's let's. Stick with 616, and mm-hmm. that's what we're calling this since that's now apparently the canon. It's mm-hmm. just like in the comics, it's 616. Mm-hmm. Is the Carol Danvers we see at the end of this episode, is that a 616, or is that a, another Carol? It, it depends on where this is in the timeline. Exactly. I mean, for all we know, that we know that that bangle travels through time. Could it also so it travel, travel through, through space? Does it travel through space? Yeah. Does it travel through dimensions? So I, we there's a lot that we don't know about that bangle. Yeah. I still want to know what was the Cree doing wearing it? And and you know what that means or what it could mean anyway? Question marks uh, with the with the uh, Captain Captain Marvel star under it. We're gonna say that. 
I'm thinking that it is a quantum band. I would so love for this to be a quantum band. I really would. I think I, th- I think it's a quantum band. From it? Yeah. So yeah. which? Hold on. Let me think. So I, I have one pin. I pulled that out. I got the other pin theory. Okay. So the th- one of the theories I had, and I said this was tied to something that happened in Thor, and it kind of ties to the overreaching arc of what Phase Four is, or what it looks like. Um, okay, so it's tied to what we see in the end credit, the second end credit, actually. Um, I have reason to believe that what we may be looking at or what we may be approaching is heroes versus gods. Um, and here, here, here's my argument for that. So you got, you have that in Thor. You had that in, to a certain degree, you have that in Ms. Marvel because we don't know exactly what the Jinn are. Are the Jinn seen as gods, or you know, or uh, no, I don't think so. We don't, but we don't know. We really don't. You know, um, there, there's, there's a pantheon of gods out there, and you know, they all behave differently. So we don't know. So I put a question question mark on that but so we see the to a certain degree or okay let's say the supernatural versus heroes we'll say i'll put it like that for now so you got that in ms marvel you had that in thor you have it in dr strange and the multiverse of madness you have it in um moon knight it feels like that that's the where it's going to and plus feige said after Thor, that you would get a better understanding of where, where what what the overarch, overarching story is going to be. I would certainly hope so. So because, I don't want to. Honestly, I don't see one. <laughs> see, and, and, you know, it's I I know that like for us. It was a lot more. It was a lot more uh, l- plainly laid out there when it was, you know, the Tesseract, and then you know, then we see. But one, two, and three, yeah, it was more laid out because they were eventually yeah, heading all, towards Endgame, right? So I, I think, and, and I, I like you. I, I was curious. I'm like, okay, where's all this leading to? But I feel like that, um, and I don't want to reveal any more, uh, you know, because since you guys haven't seen it yet, but there's a there's an end credit scene that you need to see, and it's going to it, it's going to at least eye opener. Not yeah, it's going to be an eye opener. It's going to be an eye opener. It's probably the best way to put it. So cool. that's my take uh, uh, as far as what was going on with Thor in relation to what we got from Ms. Marvel. Um, I will say it kind of, I, I, I have to admit, I agree with Eric cause it did it, for a while. It felt like, you know, teen angst, teen angst, teen angst. And then like I said, by episode four, it remembered it was a Marvel series and it just took off from there. And, you know, I, you know, maybe they had the whole teen centric piece of it to bring them in but then it's like oh by the way it's a marvel show hook you know get in losers we're going to fight bad guys now (laughs) you know i I have said this since the get-go i mean this show was not made for us 
No, no, it wasn't. No, it, it was. It, it had a specific demographic it was going after. Yeah, so it was that it, demographic. Yeah, and that may be why the numbers have not been there. Yeah, because. So I, but I mean, with with episode four, I would love to see how the how the numbers have progressed, and I don't I don't think we'll ever really see it. We won't see accurate numbers, I'm sure. Right. But I would like to see what the viewership has done over the course of the series. Yeah. I mean it did not start out very strong. I mean, it was the least watched of all MCU uh, series on Disney Plus. But did did the audience pick up as it went along? Did the audience die off as it as it went along? I mean, well, it, the first three episodes, like you said, Colin, teen angst, teen angst, teen angst. It was a slog, just like the first couple of episodes of WandaVision was a slog. Mm-hmm. But I mean, at least with WandaVision, once you got to the end, even the slog at the beginning makes sense. Yeah. Yes. Well, and I would tell you, I I have friend uh, who has a uh, their places. their their child is uh, like fourteen, and they were more interested in stuff like um, Umbrella Academy. Um, they watched the first episode, and they're like, uh, and I think they could take it or leave it. They watched the second episode, and they kind of started getting hooked, and then they binged. The, the rest of it. Like, they literally binged from three to six because they, they were finally hooked on it. And I think that... I, I think if most people, you know, if you if if you just if you just give it a chance, just you no know, understand that you know there is it's a show that was not made for you no know, it, it was it was it was made to appeal to teenagers. Kamala is a sixteen year old. Okay, right. so if you go in understanding that, give it the leeway that it needs, you're going to get a heck of a payoff at the end. Yes, you are. Yeah, yeah. So, um, hate to do it, guys, but Thursday would please all wrapped up here sir will there be anything else uh again check out the homepage mightymarvelgeeks.net check out our affiliates email us at mightymarvelgeeks at gmail.com uh hit us up on twitter at marvelgeeks or hit us up on instagram at mightymarvelgeeks and uh until then i think it's time to go dark mm-hmm.